Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is July 3rd. Today is a brand new Come Follow Me block and we're going to be studying 2 Kings chapters 2 through 17. Now, 2 Kings is kind of a continuation of 1 Kings. We're continuing in this 400-year history that's going to be given and repeated a couple of times throughout the Old Testament. The book of 2 Kings is going to continue to show us a pattern of wicked kings who are preparing the children of Israel for the scattering. And I think that's really important because the scattering and the gathering is such an important and big theme that we can see in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Isaiah. And so it's important that we see these patterns here in First and Second Kings that kind of prepares the people, the children of Israel for that destruction and for that scattering. So as we continue to go on in the Come Follow Me block, we have to cover just one more little thing from last week in order to help us understand better what's going to happen this week. Remember yesterday we talked about how Elijah was called to the top of Mount Sinai. And remember, he even said, like, Heavenly Father, I'm done. You can take me. Let me die. I've done my work. I've done everything I could do. Let me just go. And he was ready. He was ready to pass on. And the Lord taught him about the still small voice and how that's where we can find the voice of God. And then he gives him three specific duties that he needs to do before he can move on. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 15 through 16, we see those three things. The first is to anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. The second is to anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to be king over Israel. And the third was to anoint Elisha, not Elijah, Elisha, to be prophet after Elijah. And the reason why that's important to understand is here at the beginning of Second King, we're going to see that transition from Elijah, the prophet, to Elisha, the prophet. And just like with any really powerful, really important prophet, it can be difficult to see that transition. The changing from Elijah to Elisha reminds me a lot of the switch from Moses to Joshua for multiple reasons. But but Elijah was such a powerful prophet and had done such incredible things. The believing children of Israel had so much love and respect for him that remember, they still set a place for Elijah to come. He was an amazing prophet. And remember when we talked about Joshua and that change of guard, we talked about how difficult that would be to follow in the footsteps of a beloved leader, whether it's prophet, whether it's bishop, whether it's a young women's leader or a young men's leader, it can be really difficult to feel like you have big shoes to fill in a calling. And so I think of that often when I think about this switch from Elijah the prophet to Elisha the prophet. But I love to see what the Lord does in order to show the people that his mantle lies with the prophet, no matter who the prophet is. So let's jump into some of these scriptures. At the beginning of 2 Kings chapter 2, Elijah the prophet is going to tell Elisha to wait and to tarry. He's going to tell him that three different times. But the interesting thing is, is that people are going to come to Elisha and they're going to say, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And Elisha says, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. So he knew what was coming. Others knew what was coming. But still it was hard for him. And it was hard for him to understand and to accept. And it was probably hard for him to realize that he was going to step in and to fill those shoes. So continuing on at this chapter, Elijah and Elisha are standing by the river Jordan, and there are 50 men who are standing to witness what's going to happen. 
Verse 8 says, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters that they divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. Again, we're seeing these repeat miracles to show us that the prophet and, more importantly, the priesthood of God is the same no matter who the mantle is upon. We saw with Moses his ability to part the sea. We saw with Joshua his ability to part the river Jordan. Now we're seeing it with Elijah. It says, And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I am taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And then we see this chariot of fire come down to retrieve Elijah the prophet. We call this a translation, right? He's translated up into heaven. And Elisha sees it. And he says, My father, my father. And he took hold of his clothes and he rent them in two pieces. And so he's just heartbroken to see this prophet, this mentor, this father figure leave. He's just so sad that he rents his clothes in symbolism of his sadness. And then look what happens. It says, he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So now Elisha has the mantle of Elijah, and he works the same miracle that Elijah had worked. So similar with the passing of the mantle from Moses to Joshua. Now we see it with Elijah to Elisha. My friends, how have you seen something similar in your life? Whether it's when you've seen the mantle being passed from one prophet to another, or maybe from a state president to another, or maybe from a bishop to another, maybe from a Relief Society president, or an Elders Quorum president, or a young women's leader. When have you seen this, that you could tell that someone had taken their place in a calling that the Lord had called them to? It is a special thing. In President Nelson's very first conference, Elder Stevenson gave a talk called The Heart of a Prophet. And in that talk, he talks a little bit about this process of the mantle passing from one prophet to another. So I wanted to play just a portion of that for you today. As each of our beloved prophets have passed on, it is only natural to feel a sense of sorrow and loss. But our sadness is tempered by the joy and hope that comes as we experience one of the great blessings of the restoration, the calling and sustaining of a living prophet on the earth. To that end, I will speak to this divine process as observed over the past 90 days. President Spencer W. Kimball explained, quote, As one star sinks behind the horizon, another comes into the picture and death spawns life. The work of the Lord is endless. Even when a powerful leader dies, not for a single instant is the church without leadership, thanks to the kind providence who gave his kingdom continuity and perpetuity. As it has already happened before in this dispensation, a people reverently close a grave, dry their eyes, and turn their faces to the future." Close quote. 
The period of time between the death of a prophet and the reorganization of the first presidency is referred to as an apostolic interregnum. During this period, the Quorum of the Twelve, under the leadership of the Quorum President, jointly hold the keys to administer the leadership of the Church. President Joseph F. Smith taught, There is always a head in the Church, and if the presidency of the Church are removed by death or other cause, then the next head of the Church is the Twelve Apostles, until a presidency is again organized. In this sacred and memorable meeting, following a well-established precedent in unity and unanimity, the brethren were seated by seniority in a semicircle of thirteen chairs and raised their hands first to sustain the organization of a first presidency and then to sustain President Russell Marion Nelson as president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This sustaining was followed by the Quorum of the Twelve, gathering in a circle and placing hands upon the head of President Nelson to ordain and set him apart, with the next most senior apostle acting as voice. This was a deeply sacred experience with an outpouring of the Spirit. I offer to you my absolute witness that the will of the Lord, for which we fervently prayed, was powerfully manifest in the activities and events of that day. My friends, I am so incredibly grateful for the organization of the church that houses the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the way that it was organized in that we know who will have the next mantle. There's no voting process. There's no vying for power or authority. But just so simply and so easily, the mantle is passed from one prophet to the next. We are so fortunate and so blessed to be led and guided by our Savior Jesus Christ in both the big things and the small things, and in the fact that we know that the mantle of God is never gone from the face of the earth. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 